0: Hello everyone and welcome to the House of Lotus podcast, a platform dedicated to spiritual research and development. This podcast is meant to throw a little bit of light onto the path of each one of us and hopefully assist each of our listeners to take their own next step. With good intentions and one eye always on our truth, please remain open to what lies ahead. From my heart to yours and from my mind to yours, may our spirit show us the way. On several of our previous episodes, we have mentioned the absolute Venus, that principle from which everything emanates and to which all will return at the end of the great cycle of existence. The nature of such principle usually referred to as God has been the subject of esoteric exploration since the commencement of incarnated consciousness. Today, we will bring together all we have sporadically mentioned and expand on that principle and how, through certain processes, the Absolute becomes conditioned to commence creation.
1: Please take a deep breath, relax and enjoy. Esoteric tradition maintains
0: that the doctrines of all major religions emanate from one source, that which was passed down through the ages by the initiates of all traditions. The true meaning taught by each religion, eloquently disguised in parables, myths and symbols, is but one, the truth, and truth can be but one. In practical terms, they all teach love, through which the light will defeat darkness. The rise of our own light and conscious mind over our destructive tendencies that lay in the darkness of subconsciousness. This is the universal image of slaying the beast or dragon. But even as simple as the tenet of love might be, it has sadly been twisted over history. So, it's no surprise that the more abstract teachings, those that attempt to elucidate the minds of men with the secrets of spirit, have been falsely understood and preached by those who do not yet have the capacities to adequately comprehend them. Exoterically, each religion examined in lay terms does seem different especially when we stick to a literal interpretation of their tenets, which are, in any case, nonsensical. But going through them with a certain inquisitive mind and deeper examination will gradually reveal the parallel symbology that creates the chronicle of cosmogony. Surely, the terminology might be different, and the detail by which each religion portrays the unfoldment of creation might differ as well. But keep in mind that religions are constructs of society, shaped to appeal to the masses and keep the spiritual flame of the initiates' wisdom lit for those who are not yet spiritual themselves. At least this was their ideal function, and it's this ideal that we are talking about and their esoteric value not the heinous actions taken in their name by lesser men. Their appearance was therefore influenced by the society they were meant to guide, the political, economic, educational and sociological state of the people. Each one, then, went as deep and as in detail as its environment allowed but in the teaching of each major religion, we can find a coherence in the use of symbols that can be applied in the otherwise nonsensical myths to unveil their meaning. Let us focus on this meaning with regards to the highest and most abstract nature of God. Our comprehension stems primarily from the theosophical teachings of Madame Blavatsky one of the greatest philosophers of modern times and her work on the ancient sacred tenets of the book of Jian that later became zen tenets that are parallel to the scriptures of most major religions a comparative study might be the subject of a future episode please do let us know if you would be interested in such examination for now let us
1: focus On the meaning itself. Throughout history,
0: humans have dwelt on the idea of a realm higher than our physical one, as well as on the idea of a higher entity or entities that help, guide, and rule over the cosmos. Religious institutions, non structured tradition, and philosophy have all endeavored to explain the nature of such entity and entertained several ideas for millennia, accessible to the masses according to the collective evolution of humanity. When it comes down to the individual, the way each one of us conceptualizes, conceives and experiences spirit or God is deeply personal, depending on our emotional and mental capacities and our experiences in several lifetimes, as well as the state of our Crown Chakra and its corresponding issues which we expanded upon on episode 19. But, through the multitude of understandings and experiences, the idea of a higher entity or principle can be usually summed up as that of a Creator. Let's explore the idea of a Creator through the esoteric lens of the Initiate. When we talk about such Creator, we necessarily ponder on the cause of everything. That primordial cause, if it is to be the Creator of the All, must necessarily itself remain causeless. Nothing propelled it into existence. There was nothing beyond it out of which this cause was born. It merely is the eternal, parentless parent of all that is, or ever will be. That principle from which all emanate is termed the absolute beingness, for it is absolute in every conceivable way. It is, first of all, omnipresent. There is nothing that exists outside of it, beyond it, or in any way independent from it. All worlds, all beings and consciousnesses, existence itself, can only be within it. It is similar to a dream. None of the images that the mind projects onto the consciousness that produces them can exist independent from the dreamer. It is also boundless, beyond all conditioned existence, beyond any manifestations, physical or otherwise for it cannot be restricted or bound in space or time. Space itself already exists within its omnipresence, and time presupposes a consciousness that develops and perceives that development or changes in its environment in relation to what it considers to be itself. But the Absolute is immutable, for there is nothing that exists beyond it that the Absolute could become or develop into, and there is nothing that exists within it that can alter it or that the Absolute is not already. And while that state of absoluteness is and always will be in all that we lay our eyes upon, in all that we are and ever can be, we cannot perceive it as it is for as long as our consciousness has not merged with it. Our consciousness, or in fact any kind of consciousness, is by itself limitation. It is limited and limiting, immersed in conditions and attributes carried out in the world of forms and experience. Whatever the stage of development of each entity, human or otherwise, consciousness is to be able to accumulate perception, and perception of something implies that there is something beyond it that is to be perceived. And as we said before, there is nothing beyond the Absolute. It is simultaneously the Creator, the Created, and the Process of Creation, or the Observer, the Thing to be Observed, and Observation. All three in one. Herein lies the first symbolism of the One Trinity. For the limited capacities of an individual consciousness, then, and the mind of men, such state of omniscience or hyperconsciousness is not consciousness at all, but seems like a state of unconsciousness, and that is why that state is better described as absolute beingness instead of being. It is therefore everywhere as that state of absolute, but for us. It is also nowhere, for all that we can perceive in this and all other worlds is either a conditioned aspect of it and therefore not absolute, or it becomes conditioned by our memories, feelings, experiences and perception until that time comes when our individual consciousness
1: merges back into oneness with it. In its original state, where manifestation has yet to be,
0: we can only conceive absolute beingness in the most abstract of terms, abstract space, where even the potentiality of manifestation still lays dormant, abstract duration, where consciousnesses are non-existent, and abstract motion, that which we symbolically call the great outburst of activity. That will produce innumerable universes, and the great inbreath of rest that will bring the end of a certain cycle of existence to reabsorb it into the state of absolute, until that time comes for it to be outbreathed again in the next cycle. Spirit and matter are its two facets, but both at this stage remain unmanifested, undifferentiated in the oneness of hyperconsciousness, consciousness until the reawakening of the cosmos and the outburst of activity and manifestation. Space and matter are the first differentiation from it as that plane for life to later unfold. Space and matter in this sense are one, the Sanskrit mula prakriti, the root substance, the two aspects of undifferentiated cosmic matter that will later become the fabric of the universe. All that is to exist must necessarily do so through a vessel of whatever nature, and this cosmic matter is the primordial element that will become matter of all qualities and attributes and shape all dimensions and vessels of consciousness. This is the female principle, the first emanation from the Absolute. It is materiality in all senses, down to the microcosmic analogies of physical existence, our bodies, and humankind. It is the ego, the astral plane, and our emotions as that aspect of ours that facilitates experience of existence. This female principle while it is the facilitator of life and the first differentiation of the Absolute has unfortunately been demonized by lack of understanding. When the Absolute differentiates itself into the female space and matter, the male principle is also created as a result and a necessity for the female's opposing or balancing nature. This balancing principle is the male spirit. That active force that guides the passive material, that spark which will impregnate the sea of space and create life. What we have here then is another symbolism of the divine trinity, the neutral, absolute beingness and its two facets, male and female or spirit and matter. Their union. The union of these two primary principles in their abstract condition as the two aspects of the Absolute will give birth to the first manifestation that comes into existence God in the image and likeness of the Absolute Beingness, the first Logos. This is the Trinity born, symbolized by the number one that comes out of the Absolute zero, or the number four the result of the former three, depending on the analogy examined. It is also the symbolic parthenogenesis of God in all religions, where the one comes out of zero, the manifested absolute comes out of that which for us is nothingness. This manifestation of the absolute is what most religions will describe as the ultimate being, at least exoterically an active, intelligent entity which lends itself more easily to personification in the minds of men and makes it a little easier to comprehend or relate to. The realization, perception and inner connection with this entity is of course of paramount value and by no means a lesser task. It is in any case the most we might hope to achieve as incarnate consciousnesses through myriads of lifetimes. It is that state which we will all reach and merge ourselves with before, together with the All, merge with the Absolute at the end of our cycle of existence. Understanding the nature of the manifested Logos and the nature, or lack thereof, of the Absolute, can bring us closer to both and closer to that reality that underlies the illusionary states of existence. The unmanifested absolute is to the manifested God what an idea is to its actualization. The offspring consolidates the abstract hyperconsciousness that is the parent. Herein lies the answer to the misconception that the Absolute Beingness creates the All to become conscious of itself. That hyperconsciousness has no need for that, it already is. This is only truth for its manifestation, the manifested God which is caused by the Absolute Beingness and emanates from it. From that point onwards, existence begins. The manifested Absolute will keep creating in the image and likeness of its parent. It will separate itself in female and male aspects, now less abstract than before, and make of the female the plane and material through which countless universes will come into existence, all the way down to the materiality of the physical world. And it makes of its male principle spirit that which will inform space and matter of the forms to be created and infuse them with life. This union creates the Elohims, the Archangels, the Dian and Sephira, all those highest entities described in several religious texts, themselves vessels for all dimensions and attributes of life. When the Fourth Termed before to be the first Logos, the manifestation of the neutral Absolute with its female and male aspects reenacts the same differentiation, therefore, producing the second triad, the sacred number becomes seven. The seven architects of the universe, the seven dimensions and seven states of being. Each entity, each monad that comes into existence will itself be in the image and likeness of its predecessor and ultimately the first logos, therefore creating further down into the lower dimensions in the same manner, much like the male and female gonads can produce another body of their corresponding species. All of existence is thereby carried out by the interplay of the male and female principles of each entity. And through them, all planes, all vessels, and all consciousnesses spring into existence and populate the universes of each cycle. And while the manifested Absolute remains omnipresent, eternal, boundless and immutable in relation to the universe that it will manifest within itself, it is still limited in relation to the unmanifested.
1: Let us now sum up. There is
0: one truth, one sacred tenet that endures through the ages. This truth has been explained in many ways. Religious, philosophical, scientific. And that truth is that there is a source, a cause for our existence. Esoterically, we call that source the absolute beingness, a one principle that is eternal, boundless and immutable, beyond all limitations of conditioned existence, and therefore beyond any cognition, because the bound and limited that is consciousness cannot hope to comprehend the unbound and unlimited. What we can therefore say about this principle is only in negative terms. It exists in a state of abstract space, abstract motion and abstract duration. This is the first cause which itself remains causeless, the parentless parent of existence. From it all life emanates during the great outbreath of activity, and in it all life shall return at the great inbreath of rest, the pralaya of the universe. Until that time comes for the next day or manvantara. When time comes, life reawakens. The parent, the absolute penis, separates itself into the female and male aspects and the union of these aspects produced the offspring, the manifestation of the Absolute, which in its turn repeats the process and creates within it the universe, separated in seven dimensions as expanded upon in our episode 18. Through this universe, all consciousnesses are sprung into existence in a sacred pilgrimage to manifest their own divine principles. Those principles they inherited from their progeny, the manifested and unmanifested Absolute, and become incarnated gods before returning to merge with the Logos once more. The many lifetimes we have in this universe serve just that, to develop our vessels, the lower principles that carry our spirit and manifest it in all its glory. Wherever we are in our pilgrimage, our journey begins again with every new now, with every new breath. And we work on ourselves, our vessels and aspects by first working on our skill for awareness, the capacity for observation and thereby by taking care of what we find. Enfold yourselves with kindliness and acceptance along your path and be honest with yourselves, for all that we find within us and subsequently understand will be one more step on our path towards the development of our personality, the vessel for
1: the soul to express itself through. So, now, focus on the present moment, this precious
0: moment. With your next inhalation and every new breath, bring your consciousness to your experience in the now,
1: to what you find within you and all around you. And fold yourselves with kindliness and acceptance, reassuring that whatever you find is okay. Now, Slowly, close your eyes and ponder on the nature of the Absolute, that state of hyperconsciousness, the source of all that is and ever will be, the one true cause which itself remains causeless. The one that is beyond all impermanence of existence. Take a deep breath, observing the sensations in your
0: body. Bring your awareness back to the present moment,
1: to what you find within you and all around you. Allow yourselves to remember the existence
0: of this one principle, beyond all illusions
1: of experience, as you take one more deep breath and carry on with your daily life in your present moment. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Lotus
0: podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please consider supporting the show by following, sharing it with like-minded people, or becoming a patron to enjoy special rewards and extra content. You can find more about us on our website thehouseoflotus.eu. Thank you and enjoy your present.